Today we're continuing our series on the promise of faithfulness, and uh, today we want to talk about faithful to work, all right? And so here we are in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 1, and notice what the Word of God says. Let a man so consider us servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Everybody say, I am a steward of God. All right, now see, keep that in mind today, because that's literally who you are. All right. You're not a doctor. You're not a lawyer. I mean, those are true. You might be some of those things. You might work for the city. You might work for the county. You might work for XYZ company. But listen, first and foremost, you're a servant of the most high God. All right. And then look at verse two. Moreover, see, here's where the, here's where the emphasis comes in. It is required in stewards that they uh, be found faithful or that one be found faithful. In other words, listen, every one of us is required by God to be found faithful over the things that he's given us in our life. Whatever gifts and talents you've been given, you are to be found faithful. And listen, the Bible says we're to do all things as unto the Lord and not unto men. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for the word of God. Lord, the word is so good. It's alive. It's powerful. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. Help us today, Father, to grasp what it is you're trying to get us to see. And Father, I thank you right now that in the mighty name of Jesus, that Lord, we're going to receive the engrafted word of God and it's going to change our mentality so that it can change our actions so that Father, if we're not what we need to be, we will be because we'll be doers of the word and the blessing of the Lord will be upon us our lives in Jesus glorious name. And everyone that agreed with that said, amen. You may be seated. Today, I want to talk to you about being faithful in our work, being faithful. God has required us not only to be faithful serving him, but he's required us to be faithful in our work. In other words, listen to me. I want everybody to look right here. All right. If you're the chief bottle washer at wherever you work, do it as unto the Lord. Quit complaining. Boy, it went really quiet. It went really quiet. I heard a couple of guys I was sitting in the coffee shop and they were sitting at a table behind me. And man, I'm telling you what, there is no way I want to work where they work. And there's no way I want to work with them because that's the worst I'd heard. I mean, they just complained about everything, complained about their boss, complained. I started to pick up the phone and call out there and turn them in. Say, man, you ought to hear these guys. Listen to me, saints. If you don't like your job, pray yourself out of it, but don't be a complainer of it. And everybody in the house said, amen. In a recent blog I read on stewardship, the question was asked, what does stewardship look like in our lives today? Unfortunately, many Christians today only associate the idea of stewardship with sermons that they've heard about church budgets and church buildings. I want you to know something right now. Stewardship is more than church budgets and church buildings. Stewardship is what you do with your life and what God has put you over. So however, the idea of biblical stewardship is about something much more expansive. Biblical stewardship is where the concepts of faith, work, and economic interest all come together at one place. All right. Stewardship is one of the most important and practical themes laid out in the word of God. 
If you go and start looking at how many times Jesus talked about being a servant, a steward is nothing more than a servant. In fact, listen, there is a master and then there are servants. And I want you to know something. There is only one master and that is the father God. If you believe that, say yes. Now, I know what you're sitting there thinking. Well, wait a minute. I own my own business. You know what? You own your own business because God has blessed you. He has blessed you and you have, you have acted faithfully on those blessings and God has put you in a position. Not only that you can uh, be a, a steward over that company that, he's, that you've bought, but listen to me, your goal in life is to let that company and let what you do in that company be a blessing to the people around you, to the employees, but more importantly, to be a, a witness to the Lord Jesus Christ. You and I are stewards. We work for the Lord. And stewardship is one of the most important themes. Listen to this. This is written by C.S. Lewis in his book, Mere Christianity. You might not be able to read on it. Yeah, I couldn't read it back there if I wanted to, but you can see it right here. Every faculty you have, your power of thinking or of moving your limbs from moment to moment is given to you by God. If you devoted every moment of your whole life exclusively to his service, you could not give him anything that was not in a sense his own already. The Disciple Study Bible defines stewardship like this. It's a way of living that involves one's daily activities, values and goals for life and the use of all possessions. It begins with God and his plans for creation and purpose for humankind. The steward is God's responsible representative and manager of all creation. You and I, according to what the word said in the book of Genesis, when he created the heavens and the earth, he created everything, then he created man. And he gave man the right to have dominion. Everybody say dominion. That means that he gave us stewardship over all of this. You and I are to be good stewards over the creation so that we can present it back to God. It's important that we understand how God works. This type of stewardship requires a, a fundamental commitment to present yourself completely to God as his servant, no matter what you're doing, with no reservation. Say, well, I own my own company. I'm working for myself. No, you're not. Well, I'm a self-made man. No, you're not. You've been made what you are by God, whether you acknowledge it or not. Now you can proclaim yourself as a self-made man and listen to me. There'll be a lot of good self-made men who won't make heaven. Boy, it just went quiet, didn't it? See, all are just glad I didn't say they'd go to hell. But that's what happens when you don't make heaven. How many of you know our lives are to be a shining light for Jesus? And we're to, we're to, I mean, it's just like parenting. You know, I'm going to give an account for my children and how I parented. You're going to give an account for the same thing. And so I wanted, I wanted to say this to you. Do all things as unto the Lord. Let it be a joy that you get to do these things for the Lord. Stewardship is not one more thing we have to do but a way of seeing everything we already do in a very different light. It's not something you have to do. It's just seeing that what you're already doing, looking at it from a different light. You get to do this for God. You get to be who you are because of who God is. 
and you get to give it back to him. In return, this whole life stewardship will add peace, fulfillment, significance, and purpose to our lives in the here and now, and also in the life that is to come. I want you to know something right now, saints. People are always looking for their purpose in life. When you begin to understand that you've been created by God and that God has a plan for your life, according to Jeremiah chapter 29, the Bible says, I know the plans that I have for you, plans of success and not failure. God wants your life to be successful in every area of life. Then in third John, he said, I pray that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as your mind, will, and emotion prospers. So if you'll keep the right frame of mind and keep your mind focused on God, the Bible says great peace is he whose mind is stayed on the Lord. If you'll stay focused on him and realize that everything you are, everything you have is because of the blessing of the Lord. Listen to me. Life will be a whole lot simpler and a whole lot better. It's who you are and it's who God is through you. We're to take these priceless gifts that God has given us and pour them out as a sacrifice in the service to him and to our fellow men. And that's what the Bible calls stewardship. One of the greatest examples of stewardship is found in 2 Samuel chapter 23. It's where David is, is been surrounded by the Philistines. And David says to his mighty men, he says, oh, I would that someone would bring me a drink of water from the spring of Bethlehem. And the Bible says that three mighty men broke through the line of the Philistines, got, went to Bethlehem, got David the water from the spring and brought it back to him. When, they, when David realized, now listen to me, when David realized what they had done, that they had risked their life so that he could partake of that water, he poured it on the ground. Now, most people would be upset about that, but they weren't upset because David proclaimed, he understood that what they had just done was the greatest act of service they could have done because they risked their life to serve the king. And he said, I'm not worthy to drink this knowing what they've risked in order to bring this to me. When you begin to understand that your life is owed to God and that your life is a service to God. And listen, when you begin to risk for God, I want you to know something right now. God receives that as a holy and worshipful act that you're giving your gifts and talents back to God. So today, let me give you four principles of faithful stewardship. I want to talk to you about these four things real quick. Number one, let's talk about the principle of ownership. The principle of ownership. Listen to this in Psalm 24 and verse one. Listen to what the Bible says. You, you, you're not convinced that it all belongs to God? Check this out. The earth is the Lord's. Everybody say and. And what? Everything in it. Question, are you in the earth? Are you in the earth? Yes. Everybody say yes. Some of y'all weren't sure. Well, if you're not sure, where are you? All right. This might answer some questions for some of us of what we've been thinking. All right. No, you're here in the earth and everything in the earth belongs to God. You're just a steward over what God has placed in this earth for you and I to be able to manage. Because eventually, listen to me, you're going to give God an account for everything that you've done in this body. You're going to give him an account for your gifts and talents to make sure that you did what the Lord wanted you to do. Now, listen, 
It says the earth is the Lord's and everything in it and in the, the world and all who live in it. They are the Lord's. In the beginning of Genesis, God creates everything and puts Adam in the garden to work it, to take care of it. It's clear that man was created to work and that that work is a stewardship of all of the creation that God has given to him. It's a stewardship that you and I have and that we settle into. This is the fundamental principle of biblical stewardship. God owns everything and we're simply managers or administrators over everything that he's given to us on his behalf. What you're doing is in his behalf. Therefore, stewardship expresses our obedience Listen, when you're a good steward, you're expressing obedience to God. Is obedience more important than sacrifice? Yes. God wants every one of us to be obedient to what it is that he's given to us. It expresses our obedience regarding the administration of everything that God's placed under our control, which is all encompassing. Listen to this. Stewardship is the commitment of oneself and possessions to God's service. Recognize that we do not have the right of control over our property or ourselves. What does that mean? It means you don't control your destiny, God does. It means we're to follow what God has ordered for us. Does the Bible say the steps of the good man are what? Ordered of the Lord. That word ordered means to be appointed, it means to be ordained. They're appointed by God. They're ordained by God. Your steps have been laid out. Now it's up to us to follow through and do. Listen, this is why when you read about the parable of the talents, you have a man with five and a man with three. Both receive the same reward, even though one had more, more talents than the other. That's the justness of God. It's not about how much he's put you a steward over. It's about whether or not you've been obedient to be a good steward. And if you've been a good steward, you're going to enter into the joy of the Lord and be rewarded just like the one that has the most. I don't know about y'all, but that's an exciting way of looking at things. I know there are people that think they can negotiate with God. There are people that think that, you know, they can live their life for themselves and God's still going to accept that. Listen to me. That's called disobedience. Plain and simple. So we're either going to be obedient to God and fulfill the call of God for our life. And listen, when we talk about fulfilling the call of God, I would that people would quit thinking about the ministry. Start thinking about your life. If you're a parent, that's the call of God for your life. Be the best parent you can be. Love your, love your children more than you love yourself. Because people who love themselves more than their children won't discipline their kids. Some of y'all get that in a minute. Listen, we got to start loving God. Listen to this in Deuteronomy 8, 17. To me, this sums it up. When you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand have gained me this wealth. Now notice that. Notice what he said. The power of my hands. Everybody say my. How many of you know that's not what God's looking for? Because read the rest of it. Look at verse 18. And you shall remember, everybody say remember, the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you, everybody say that's me, the power to get wealth that you may establish or that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. Isn't that amazing? 
It's God who gives us the power. It's God who gives us the ability. And I know what you're sitting there thinking. You're sitting there thinking, well, I don't understand that. How come there are, there are unsaved people who have, who have gained much riches? Listen, they've gained riches because they have realized that they have talent in that area and they are using it much more wisely than the people of God. Well, thank you for your enthusiasm this morning. Glory to God. I'm telling you what, saints, I don't know about y'all, but I'm excited about what God's doing. Do you realize that we're all going to give an account? Every one of us, you're going to give an account. You know, I, I, I told my boys one day, I, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't tell this, but hey, they're not here this morning. They won't be here until second service. Oh, glory to God. And if y'all will be quiet, they'll never know because they're not going to watch this early internet. So listen, they all, they all, every one of their cars, every one of them, they just throw their change in the floor. They get changed from a drive-in window. They threw it in the passenger floorboard. And so I remember one day they all went out there and they all decided they're going to clean their car. And so when they all pulled off, there's all this change on the driveway. I gathered it all up. And so when it came back, you know, they're like, Hey, Dad, what happened to that change out there? I said, that change that you just disdained is now in my bank. Because God cares about the pennies, the nickels, the dimes, and the quarters. I want you to know something. I took $57 to the bank. Isn't Jesus wonderful? Now, they owe me a lot more, but I got... I notice they don't do that anymore. <laughs> let me give you the second, let me give you our second principle today. God wants you to be successful as a steward. Our second principle is the principle of responsibility. See, we've got the principle of ownership. God owns it all and you're going to give an account for what you're doing with what he's given you to be over. The second one is the principle of responsibility. And although God gives us all things richly to enjoy, how many of y'all are glad that God created this so we can enjoy I don't know about y'all, but I like it. Man, it's beautiful. You know, it's beautiful. I don't know if y'all had time to smell the roses. If you haven't, just stop. All right. Just don't try to grab one. All right. Some thorns in there. But he's given us all things richly to enjoy. Nothing is ours. Nothing really happens to us. But God owns or, or nothing really belongs to us. But God owns everything. We're responsible for how we treat and what we do with what God has given us. While we complain about our rights here on the earth, the Bible constantly asks, what about your responsibility? Owners have rights. How many of y'all agree with that? Owners have rights, but what? Stewards have responsibility. Now, some of y'all understand the rights. There's some rights. Some of y'all might have property. You might be a property owner. God has given you some ability and you've gained some property and you're a property owner and you should have some rights to that. That the, those that are renting from you are supposed to follow through with. How many of you have found out that doesn't always work? But I want you to know something. In the end, while they may not be accountable to you, they will be accountable to God. As will you. 
every one of us. The essence of stewardship involves two people. One person who's the owner, he owns the resources, and then the other person who's entrusted with the resource that the owner owns. By definition, a steward is accountable to his master for how the resources are invested. And we're gonna look at that here in just a minute. We're all called as God's stewards to manage that which belongs to God, every one of us. Do you know that I'm gonna give an account for every one of y'all? As pastor of this church, in the end, God will call me to give an account. I wanna give a good account for everybody, but everybody won't get a good account because there have been those who have been unfaithful. Can you say amen? I know we don't want to, we don't want to hear this. We don't want to talk. Let's talk about something exciting. This is exciting because if you've not been faithful with what God's given you, you've got the chance today to make a change and go in the other direction. That's what's so neat about God. I want everybody to turn your Bible to Luke chapter 16. See, we're called God's stewards to manage that which belongs to God. And while God has graciously, graciously entrusted us with the care and development and enjoyment of everything he owns as his stewards, we're responsible to manage the holdings. And in Luke 16, I want you to see this beginning in verse number 10. Luke 16, beginning in verse number 10. Because here we see the responsibility. Notice what it says. He who is faithful... In what is what? Least. Everybody say least. least. Now watch this. Watch the principle. He who is faithful in least is faithful also in much. You know, I can't tell you how many times people have told me, well, pastor, you know, I, I don't really have anything now, but one day when I do, then I'll begin to give. I'll begin to be faithful. No, you never will. If you're stingy when you have little, you're going to be stingy when you have a lot. Now, if that stings, I'm sorry, but it's truth. Look at what the scripture says. If you're good with least, you're going to be good with much. Now watch what else it says. All right, back, back up. I didn't get to read the rest of that. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Notice that. If you can be good in it, you can be unjust in it. And notice he, he, he said unjust. That's important for us to understand. Unjust means that you didn't, you didn't administer it like God wanted you to administer. Now look at verse number 11. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in unrighteous mammon, everybody say unrighteous. That's talking about worldly goods, money. If you haven't been good with the, with the worldly things, now look at what he says. Who will commit to your trust the true riches. What are the true riches, pastor? The things of heaven. Did you ever notice how Jesus kept saying, they have eyes, but they cannot see. They have ears, but they cannot hear. Those are the ones, those are the ones who were unfaithful or unrighteous in what was going on in the world. Now listen, listen to me, saints. We're born again believers. Everybody say, I'm born again. So when we're born again believers, there are responsibilities that have to happen in our life. But if you're not going to be righteous with what God's given you in the world, how can you be righteous with what belongs to the kingdom of God? That's why I tell people, man, understand, you know, especially when it comes in the area of giving, and this is not the only area it covers, but it's easier to illustrate this way. When you're, when you're faithful in your giving, if you've got a dollar, give a dime. 
Are you following me? Start with small. Say, well, a dime don't mean much. It means something to God for you because you can get the same reward as the guy who can give a million. That's what makes this a great kingdom. And then look at this, verse 12. And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, now everybody look right here. What's he talking about there? If you've not been faithful over something that belonged to someone else, this is why I tell my boys all the time, I'm not sure they always get it. But when you borrow something from somebody and it breaks, you buy them a new one. <laughs> or at least you got to fix it. And sometimes, how many of you have realized that sometimes that takes a big extract out of you? It does. I want you to know something right now. If you can't be faithful in what belongs to your neighbor, God can't give you. Look at that. Who will give you, uh, uh, who will give you what is your own? You know, I lived next door to Mark Smith for a long time. Mark and Kathy. I don't even, are y'all here? Yeah, I see him sitting right back here. And Mark would come over to my house and knock on the door and he'd say, uh, Pastor Mike, did y'all uh, borrow my, I don't know, circular saw or something? I don't know. Some kind of, I'd say, no, I don't think so. But we'll go down in the garage and look and we'll go down in the garage and there it was. I say, I find my boys a little bit later. I say, boys, did one of y'all get Mr. Mark's saw? Yeah, I did, dad. <coughs> I said, well, why didn't you take it back? Well, I was done with it. Uh, Excuse me, but done means you return it. I think it was Jada borrowed uh, the hedge clippers one time and destroyed them. You don't want Jada with hedge clippers. All right, let me just, and that's all I'm gonna say, all right? Because she is watching, all right? So that's all I'm gonna say, sweetheart. No, you don't want her with hedge clippers. I think she cut the electrical cord and then she got the thing caught and just kept until it burned up. I'm like, oh, Jada, could you? Know? Well, I was trying to, you know, it, it's not a saw, all right? <laughs> so we had to go out. I can't tell you, I don't know how many tools I end up having to replace. Mark loved us living next door. I don't, well, I say that, I don't know. He, he might've said the best day was when they moved. It's kind of like being a boat owner. How many of y'all have ever owned a boat? If you have, say yes. yes. What's your best day? The day you buy it and the day you sell it. And everything in between is nothing more than an expense. I never will forget. We were sitting here working. I guess it was VBS one morning and, and uh, we had morning time VBS and I'd fished over the weekend. I had my bass boat right down here. I was living uh, in this little, I don't know even know what the name of that area is down, but I was living down here on Abbey Court. And, uh, and somebody calls me and says, oh, it's Jada. Jada calls said, Mike, you got to get home quick. I said, why? She said, your bass boat's on fire. <laughs> Luckily, Keith Davis was close by and he put the fire out. And then after I looked at it, I was like, why don't you just let it all go up? <laughs> I did have insurance. Listen, if you can't be faithful with somebody else's, listen, it's no wonder you can't have your own. It's just the way God works. Let me give you number three, the principle of accountability. 
A steward is one who manages the possessions of another, and we are all stewards of the resources, abilities, and opportunities that God has entrusted to our care. And one day, each of us, each of us, everybody say, that's me. You're going to be called to give an account. I was called to give an account every time Mark couldn't find one of his tools. See, this is the maxim taught by the parable of the talents. That's really what that thing is all about. God has entrusted authority over the creation to us, and we're not allowed to rule over it as we see fit. We rule over it according to God. Look at this in Matthew 25, 19, for the sake of time. Put that verse up here. Look at this. The Bible says that, that uh, uh, the master decided to go on a trip. And so he gave one servant five talents, one three, and one one. And then it says this. And after a long time, everybody say long time. Now this is a parable about Jesus going back to heaven and then one day coming back. And it was a long time the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts. Everybody say settled. That is where he called for an accounting. That's where the man with five said, Lord, I, I've, got, I've given you five. So now I have a total of 10. And he said, what? Well done, thy good and what? Faithful. And then the man with three came. He said, Lord, you gave me three and I got three more. What did he say to him? Well done, what? Thy good and faith. Did you notice the terminology didn't change? Whether you had 10 or you had six, same. You get the same reward. And then the one with one. And here's, listen to me, here's what's bad about this. It's the guy with one, he said, Lord, I knew what kind of, I knew what kind of master you were. I, I knew that you were going to reap where you hadn't sowed. And you, see, he understood biblical principle, but he didn't do what his master told him to do. And what did the man, what did the master do? He said, take it from him because he's a what? Unfaithful. You're going to give an account and you're either going to be found faithful or unfaithful. Let me give you the fourth one. The fourth principle is the principle of reward. Now, everybody likes rewards. How many of y'all are in somebody's reward program? How many of y'all know if you were, if you did everybody's reward program and had a card for every one of them, you couldn't get the cards in your car. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? People ask me all the time, are you one of our rewards people? No. Well, why not? I don't want to carry the card and I'm not going to remember anything else in my brain. I just refuse to do it. The principle of reward. God always rewards his people for coming through and doing what he said they, that he called us to do. Listen to this in Colossians 3.23. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. Notice that as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. Do everything because you are going to receive a reward. Everybody say, I will be rewarded. The Bible shows us that faithful stewards who do the master's will will receive a reward. Listen to this in Matthew 25, 21. Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few. Everybody say few. Do you want to know what's interesting? Whether it was five or three, the Lord said few. That's what's interesting. 
you and I would say, well, he had more. See, you and I look at things in the wrong perspective. God's not judging you. If, if Jason can do 10 and Keith can only do eight, he's not judging Keith according to the 10. He's judging him according to the eight. It's important that we understand that. And so as Christians in the 21st century, we need to embrace this larger biblical view of stewardship, which goes beyond church budgets and church buildings and makes everything in our life accountable to God. The concept connects everything we do with what God is doing in the world. So let me just ask you this as we close out today. The Lord said, go into all the world and preach. And he said, love your neighbor as yourself. If Jesus appeared today, how would he find you? Faithful or unfaithful? Faithful or unfaithful? Well, you don't understand my neighbor. Faithful or unfaithful? There's only two choices. He's not going to make an excuse and he's not going to make an exception. You either doing what he told you to do or you're not. And saints, in that light, every one of us sitting here today needs to answer those two questions. Am I faithful or unfaithful in preaching the gospel and loving my neighbor?